Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga, and thanks for downloading this podcast from iLikeYou.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at iLikeYou.com. Now, let's get started. Hi, everyone. Well, it is Thursday, and what an amazing turn of events in 24 hours. So we're in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and Manitoba has listed or has proposed to lift some of the bans on some things, and we are going to phase one, a reopening. So we'll talk about that more, but today um, we have some very special guests, I hope, that are going to be here, because uh, what has kept you sane through all of this isolation? Um, could it be that it's a someone with four legs and a waggly tail? Yes, our pets, I think, definitely have helped us navigate through all of this isolation. So we're going to have some experts from the Winnipeg Humane Society to answer all the questions you have about your pets. And of course, our ladies are going to have their four-legged friends with them today. So let's welcome everybody to the Hue virtual chat, and we'll open up. Hello, everybody. Hey, hi, Karen. Hi, Henny. Oh, my goodness. Look how she's got her loop guy. Hey, hi. Hi, Nanette. Morning. Morning. Hi, Kristen. Hi. Hi. Oh, that, uh, is that Gina? Welcome, Gina. So, Thank you. Thank uh, you. Can you hear me okay? Yes, can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I can't see Aileen yet. Okay, good. Oh, we'll wait for Aileen to, to get in. Uh, I, Charlotte, yeah, I'm sure she'll, she'll be here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I know that she was in, in the waiting room. And uh, yeah. just ladies, uh, just to let you know that uh, you'll all be muted. So um, when you talk or whatever, then just make sure that you're, you're back on to uh, mute. Because I know that we won't keep all of your lovely friends too long. Because I know they, they get a little anxious. <laughs> Then there's Aileen. Hi, Aileen. Hey. Can't quite hear you, but I'm sure that we'll Hi, all... Good morning. Sorry Hi, about that, morning. Tracy. We were having some technical difficulties at that end, and we have a cat who's wanting to escape. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Darn it. Anyways, no, thank you so much, and I guess we're going to do just like a round table, because I want to meet everybody's furry friends. So uh, let's start. We'll start with our special guest, uh, Dr. Gina Bowen from the Humane Society. Gina, who do you have with you? Uh, good morning. This is, uh, this is Atlas. <laughs> uh, he, he's our four-year-old dachshund. Oh. He's only one. I have four dogs. This is oh. only one. This is my, my lap dog. Um, so I'm, I'm actually working from home today. I'm not at the Winnipeg Humane Society. Um, so I thought I, I thought I would showcase one of my own pets. 
Oh, well, I can't imagine four of them. Amazing. And Ava, yes. I'm right to you from uh, the Winnipeg Humane Society. And I don't know, maybe it's, that's, this is not a good, oh, okay, let's do this right now. Who do you have, Aileen? Maybe she just needs to unmute. Or Graham, can you help her? Sorry, thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm so used to in my Zoom meetings automatically muting the second after I'm done speaking that uh, it's a habit. Um, Seth is, is a little bit of a ragamuffin, to be honest. Um, if I may, I'm just going to move my camera and see if I can get, there we go. There, there, yes. Um, because I have this lovely window that Seth is now intrigued by. Um, I personally think Seth needs a, a new name, something prettier, because I think Seth is going to come into her own. Um, it's strange to think that right now um, there was the snow on the ground, um, but Seth has some frostbite, so you can see there's some really wrinkly ears, and uh, had to be shaved because she likely experienced a fire of some variety, um, and then so came in a bit shaved that the people tried to help her and then we provided further medical care, which Gina may be able to add on to because this is not uncommon for us to get animals from a variety of circumstances and then us having to do an immediate medical um, aid. Right. Uh, so Seth is needing a home and if you know any cat lovers that are out there, um, a big boy, um, but uh, a beautiful um, temperament, like a very loving, calm um, temperament in terms of interaction. Uh, mm -hmm. So good for somebody. Oh, oh wow. Okay, so well, well, I see Nanette has somebody in her lap <laughs> that wants to get away. Hi, I'm Nanette. trying to get away. This is Cora. <laughs> this is Cora. Well, that was Cora. Yes. Um, she was. Um, she's our. She's the baby yeah. of our two cats. Um, Mittens is the other one who. Uh, who prefers my son so oh. that's where she is right now and um mittens and cora do not get along it's really oh. sad because when um when mittens was uh five that's when we brought cora in and people kept saying oh no they'll get along just give them time to get used to each other never happened never happened and wow. so and so uh now that cora's older She's actually bigger than mittens. <laughs> so there's a bit of a, there's, a, there's some issues. I said, we've got some experts here today. So maybe, you know, that, you know, Gina can help and Aileen can help. You know, by yes. the end of it, you know, they, oh. they'll be our Dr. Phil's, okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, you know, uh, mittens actually loves the fact that we're home all the time oh, because we protect, we protect her from Cora. <laughs> Cora. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Oh my goodness, you got a lot of bullies in the house there, Nanette. A lot um, of drama. Yeah. <laughs> a lot Henny. of drama here. Yeah, we're going to go to Henny now. Hi, Henny. Hi. Hi. Nice oh, wow. You. So who do you have? This is Hudson. Hudson is um, a seven-year-old uh, party poodle. He's a standard poodle. Wow. He also thinks he's a lap dog. <laughs> He, he's just, you know, we've never had a big dog before. And, you know, pandemic or no pandemic, he's just a lovely dog. And if I had the inclination, he should be a therapy dog. He's, oh, he's yeah. very, very calming. Oh. You know what? May I chime in? Yes. Yeah. Henny, 
we are actually recruiting right now for more therapy dogs uh, for a very important program that we have, which we pair kids who are needing to build on their reading skills. And we know that animals are so non-judgmental. They just want love and affection. Right. And so we're wanting to build. We have such a demand from schools in our community uh, that we need more therapy dogs that could help us in this way. So if it's of interest to you, please connect and I can give you more information. You know what? Get my email from Tracy and send me the information. He's good with kids and he's good with all ages. He's, he's really quite wonderful. There's a chat sidebar, Henny, if you want, and just type in your uh, email address and Aileen can see it. But either way, I'll, I'll, I'll connect you too. That's fantastic because we're going to get into more conversations. Boy, this is working out for our Humane Society today. <laughs> Karen, Karen, we can't see you because... <laughs> oh, who is she? Oh, you just have to un uh, unmute her. Okay, I'm unmuted. Yes. Um, this, this is Zeppelin, otherwise known as Zepp, and he is going to be 13 years old um, in July. So we've had him the whole, you know, we've got him as a pup. Um, and uh, he's like a little guard dog, though. I'm sure you guys are familiar with American Eskimos. Yes. They're very yappy. <laughs> and um, so, you know, when the, when the mailman's going by, we all know yeah. it. Yes. Um, and my husband's been working at home occasionally, and he's always telling me to shut the dog up. And I'm like, well, you go back to work. <laughs> yeah. Go back to your office. Yeah. We've got our oh. routine here. We, we bark at the mailman. And <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, he's a great dog. He's not a great, um, he, he does not like men at all. Oh. He likes children. He likes puppies. He does not like big, big dogs. Um, but for the most part, he's... You know, he's, I don't know that I would get another one of these dogs. I gotta tell you. <laughs> really? But I do love him and he's my boy. Like he is my boy. Yeah. But I don't know that I would get, it's a very yappy breed. And Oh, um, oh look at that. Him. You're getting kisses. He knows. He loves his mama. Yeah. Oh, and <laughs> I guess he's, he, he's going, he's getting a lot of walks then. Oh yeah. He, he always does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll come back to you. Charlotte, <laughs> who do you have? I see a little head. Good morning. Good morning. Dixie. And she's a cross between a, what are you again? A Yorkie Terrier and a Schitt's and a Maltese. Sorry. Oh. I, she is not, I used to have three dogs yes. and I'm down to one. So this whole pandemic, pandemic and spending time at home, I keep saying to my family, I need a puppy or I need another dog. Uh, I really enjoyed having two. I do not recommend having three. No. They gang up on you. Um, oh. They take over. But um, in our world, our dogs have been a huge part of uh, self-care. And, uh, and uh, I posted today on my Instagram a picture of uh, Chester, who was um, Dixie's brother. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was my daughter's companion when she was really, really struggling. So I'm a huge fan of that part mm -hmm. of what animals bring. Um, mm -hmm. Anytime she was really struggling, she would mm -hmm. hold on to him and he would reduce her anxiety and be that non-judgmental um, that a Aileen was talking about. I'm, you know, a huge fan. Uh, she's a... Uh, 
she now um, lives in Calgary and she has another dog who's replaced Chester because he passed away and he's been equally as important in her self-care. But uh, Wow. No, I mean, I guess, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have a dog, but I really miss it. And yeah, we'll talk more about Aileen too, about adoption and everything too like that. So uh, Kristen, who do you have? Uh, this is um, my daughter's little cat. This is Kenny. And, um, he's he's one of um, three. We have another cat, and we have uh, another dog, and we uh, just put down another older dog. So we love animals. <laughs> yeah. Do um, they all get along? They all get along, and um, three of them were rescues. Oh. Um, this little guy came from the Humane Society in January. Uh, which I really should not be visiting the Humane Society as often as we do, but it's one of our regular outings. And um, the interesting thing about Kenny is he, we um, we found him in a um, a cage all by himself. Aww. Amputated, and he was seven weeks old. And um, we went back three times in two days. We weren't planning to get another cat, but... This is little Kenny, and he's absolutely adorable. He's very busy because I've got this feather. <laughs> but yeah, so Kenny's one of my four, or well, three now, furry children. Aw. Okay, so I'm going to then like open it up to uh, Dr. Gina Bowen then. Um, let's talk, Gina, a little bit about pets during the pandemic. I mean, I guess we all laugh. Every, we see everybody walking their dogs like, you know, four times a day, but. Um, you know, as far as pet care now, and I, I and what, ladies, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, phase one, two of reopening. I want to talk about that too as well. So, again, bringing in more people. What should people be looking at? You know, as far as pet care. Um. So, the what we know is that there is there have been a few isolated cases of pets. Uh, testing positive for COVID-19 mm -hmm. and the most important thing to remember it is that it really is a human to human virus and so when things were really kind of um, ramping up we were worried about um, pets coming from homes where people will were positive about whether they had the virus on their coat. Um, mm -hmm. And then with um, some of the testing that's been going on we've realized that pets uh, can in in rare cases carry the virus, um, but we have seen no evidence that they are able to transmit the virus to a human or to another pet. And so, the um, the most important thing I think to remember is that um, your pets are your pets. Um, they provide so much sort of um, um, mental sort of. Uh, calm to you and they're so important to you emotionally um, that you should treat the pets just the same that you normally would um, except if you yourself are COVID positive um, then you should keep your pet in your home but you should limit face-to-face uh, -face contact with your pets um, you should uh, limit petting cuddling that sort of contact with your pet because there's rare 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 inst instances of people actually giving the virus to to their pet. Um, so otherwise, I mean, most people are working from home and, and I know with, with phase two, that's gonna change, but, uh, 
but it's been a great time to bond with your pet. Um, I think a lot of people have seen their pet as kind of their companion, you know, when they're working at home. Um, and, uh, and dog walks are important just to get outside, but when you go on, go on your dog walks, just make sure that you stay socially distanced from other people. Um, and uh, I think the pets have probably appreciated the, the month or six weeks that they've had at home with their, with their owners. No doubt. Well, Aileen, sorry, I, I have to, okay, this puppy, he's too cute. <laughs> okay, and I, and I, I, I want to adopt him. What, oh my goodness, so what kind of dog? Well, it's one of our beautiful Manitoba mutts, <laughs> a mixed breed of some multiple variety. Um, maybe we can even call uh, a princess uh, white toes, I don't know. Uh, oh my god, she's got a little spats. I know, she, she needs a new name. Right now she's called Red, and look at, she's doing some puppy chewing. Yeah. And uh, she's only seven weeks, you guys, so she came in, um, she came in early from her mama to us, but we're, so she's still in a very, um, in a stage that she's still wanting to, um, we have to be careful because she's not fully vaccinated yet. Right. Right. So that's why I'm not going to let her on our floor, for example, because we had other animals in here. We want to keep her safe. And so she's one of our puppies that we have available for adoption right now. Oh, yay. But, and she has a little white patch right here, too. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, let's call her Novella Corona. I don't know. Um, uh, so let's, Aileen, while we're talking about adoption, I mean, I, we had talked to when I was asking if you and, and Gina could come on board, is that like, there's a huge, right, surge of people buying pets and it's, it's like almost like people buying gym equipment, you know, they, they right. wanted to have that connection with something. Um, how did you, how did you kind of go through this whole isolation and were you still holding adoptions or no? Mm. I, we, um, we've been really uh, incredibly blessed to get the community support that we've had. Uh, our numbers are a bit lower than usual, but we switched to adoptions by appointment mm -hmm. and our community has really supported that because it helps them, it helps us pace out the adoptions and make sure that people are as safe as possible. Mm -hmm. They disinfect when they come and then they, they've already selected, so we don't let people just wander. We need to really keep things safe. But um, they've, they, they disinfect, they put on masks, they, have a, they can really then explore if it's a good fit with their family because people still need to do that. Mm -hmm. So adoptions are still happening. The challenge is, is to, um, we need to help our community and we are taking in some animals, but because we can't have too many staff on site, that's been the challenge of being able to fully let in the number of animals that we would um, like to. Uh, because the Humane Society, we often will have anywhere from two to 300 animals on site. We have to think that right now, if we received an influx of, of cases through our investigations department, or we're waiting for kitten season, which then we know we can get up to 200 cats in a, in a day. Like it's, it easily becomes very overwhelming. So in a time when you're working at 50% capacity with your staff, you can't all of a sudden have two to 400 animals, two to 300 animals on site. So foster homes have been extremely important to us. Adopting has like all the different ways that people have been helping us. Mm -hmm. um, we're still adopting. That's the key thing. We need, these animals still need to find a beautiful and loving home. Yeah. 
I'll make throw it out there to the ladies then too. Um, so yeah, so take for instance, people have have adopted a pet during this isolation and pandemic, and then all of a sudden everybody's gone back to work, or that you know, and the kids go back to school, and then there's like no one to look after this poor dog or or kitten. Do you think that it might, things might happen in reverse? Yeah, like <laughs> the shelters not, might be at crisis situations because people just can't look after their pets. I, I mean, I I know that probably none of you can fathom that because they're like your children. But um, maybe, you know, maybe something that uh, Kristen and Charlotte can address to because I think, right, it's a whole kind of mental health and mental wellness and then <gasps> what am I going to do kind of thing. What do you think? Charlotte, Kirsten? Oh, well, you're right. I can't imagine that. Um, so um, I'm thinking that wouldn't happen just because I, I can't really put myself in those shoes where that would make sense to me. Um, however, I'm hoping that um, a lot of people are looking at fostering animals right, right now if they're making that spontaneous um, jump into caring for an animal. Um, we also, one of our dogs was a foster fail, so we, we have done the fostering uh, of animals as well. But I sure am hoping that's not the case. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, people are getting more connected to their animals. We have a 13-year-old little poodle running around here too, that um, hopefully they're getting to spend more time with them and getting to enjoy um, the connection and, because life's busy with kids and everything so maybe they're reconnecting and and uh, fostering that relationship that's my hope yeah can I just can I just put a plug for doggy daycares um, when we got in as a puppy I had elderly parents who I knew that I would need to have some sort of uh, a backup plan that I wouldn't be able to be there all the time so we've been taking Hudson to urban canine since he was a baby and he had to be it was almost like um getting admitted to to a fancy school they, they really take care in the dogs they bring in but he he socializes with other dogs he he learns good behavior he runs off a lot of energy and it's it's something I didn't know about when we had our other dogs mm -hmm. so there are doggy daycares in the city that are fantastic oh that's a that's yeah I that's right um what about grooming um you know and and dr uh with Gina too veterinarians like um i guess that service was always open right to take that your pets to the vets and i mean you know thinking about heartworm and all the vaccinations or whatever that your pets need uh things have changed a lot in veterinary medicine in the last six weeks um we are trying to provide essential service uh, which is urgent care so um, sick dogs sick cats um things that need to immediately be done to relieve pain or get them on the right track, that sort of thing. Um, but we have been asked by the Manitoba Vet Med Association to delay non-essential care. So grooming, like in some instances, is essential. You know, if a, if a dog can't see because their hair is so long or, you know, the, the nails are getting so overgrown that it's interfering with their mobility, that sort of thing. Um, and, and so in some cases, it, it is something that absolutely needs to be done. Um, but regular kind of, you know, every six weeks grooming is something that should be 
put on hold for now, but that might change next week with the phase two of things opening up. Um, things like spay and neuter have been considered uh, non-essential at this time. Like when uh, Aileen is holding that little puppy there, uh, we're still very, very committed to spay and neuter. Um, it's, it's certainly one of our, our mandates, but we know that it's not something that absolutely needs to be done right now. So that little puppy that Aileen is holding, uh, she's going out for adoption. She's not spayed yet. Um, and then after the, the restrictions are lifted and after we can kind of have more, more staff at the clinic and, and have more medical supplies available, then we'll bring her back in and we'll, we'll get her spayed then. So, so mm -hmm. it's delay everything that is non-essential, um, but there are vets out there who are, are willing and able to provide essential service. Wow, well, that's good to know. And uh, I guess, yeah, everybody's been affected by isolation and, and shutdown. Aileen, I, at the Winnipeg Humane Society, like you keep, on, you keep on mentioning, you know, your shortage of staff, how have you coped? I mean, you have so many programs, you know, let alone all the animal care and, you know, and, and Gina's uh, department too with the veterinary services. How has the Humane Society adapted and what do you foresee kind of now in the future? Like on Monday, you know, there are some things that are open, but how is that going to affect the Humane Society moving forward? It, uh, we, we responded, we have a great team here. We responded so quickly to creating, to trying to figure out our crystal ball as much as we can. I mean, one of the aspects that we have to think about and save space for, uh, we, we've heard in the news in other cities that domestic violence has increased um, in, in various North American cities by 21, 20 to 30 percent in some cities. Uh, we already know we have a, a program called Safe Pet where people, uh, predominantly women fleeing domestic abuse situations have to um, they often, the, the research tells us that they often won't leave until they know that their pet has somewhere safe to go. So we expected, for example, a bump in, in the need for that during this time, uh, which indeed we have seen a small bump there. So adapting very quickly to prepare for that uh, was essential and that is what we're doing. As well, people, uh, what we would call emergency boarding. Um, any one of you, if you live on your own, with no other family members in town, if all of a sudden you um, came down with COVID or some other, you needed a short hospital stay, uh, that we, we knew we needed to try and make space available for that as well, which is, is also something that we've done. So that won't change during this period because there are gonna become um, more and more layoffs potentially. And, and we know that um, whether we can't imagine uh, surrendering a pet right now, uh, we need to uh, try and prevent that. We don't want that pet coming through our doors. So we created an emergency food program to try and collect food for our community, uh, both within the Winnipeg perimeter, but also for our remote communities who yes. desperately do not have easy access to veterinary services. Uh, never mind, can't just drive up the street to get a bag of dog food or that those bags of food are outrageously priced for our people living in our remote communities. So there's stuff here that we had to look in that crystal ball and go, okay, what's going to blow up and really bite us if we don't start thinking and planning now? Uh, so that is going to continue for this period of time because we expect the potential demand to still be there. Mm -hmm. um, and what else has changed? We're we need we know now that we need to add 
Um, we have an animal intake department, which is where you would go if you had to get some support on the services I just shared, or um, if that's regrettably as a last resort, if you had to surrender your pet. Uh, and we need to increase our staff in there, but it's a very small area. So we're likely gonna be setting up a second staff in another part of our shelter, or even perhaps in a tent outside because we know that the virus doesn't live in warm surface like in a warm area as fast so we are constantly adapting each week looking at what do we need to tweak or modify to try and meet the need of our community and uh, and we're i think we're doing an incredibly admirable job i'm really proud of the team wow <laughs> that, that those are so many and, and um please uh even in that chat box at the end just uh Aileen, share those programs and then quickly too, before we, we kind of look at the crystal ball into what next week is gonna look like, um, your children's programs, your summer camps, mm -hmm. you know, you do so, many, so much good work with the kids and you know, uh, Charlotte's even touched upon on what a, an animal means to a, a young person. What's gonna happen with those programs? Well, we, uh, um, we have so many resources on our website right now. Our education team turned around a variety of webinars for teachers to be able to implement into their classrooms. So that's amazing. In terms of families and birthdays, we've moved birthday parties um, on, online. We don't know yet how, how that's working for people or not. But with the government's announcement yesterday uh, that day camps can continue, uh, but with a maximum of 16 kids. Uh, so at least we have that. But soon as that was announced, parents were just, get my kid out of here. <laughs> Take my kid. Like we almost need separate buildings just so we can have multiple sets of 16, which is not possible. But it was a little bit like the zombie apocalypse of parents being like, you must take my child. Uh, just because I think working parents are really struggling with their young ones. But at least we're thrilled that we're now internally trying to figure out how do we make this work with when we normally take in 50 kids yes. in a week and now it's 16. And we know that we have so many supporters who come back with their kids every year and want to <laughs> register them. And we're going to have to say, no, it's going to be brutal. <laughs> you're, you're like the, uh, the leisure guide when that comes home. <laughs> Actually, they'll all be coming to you. Mm -hmm. Oh, so that's going to be really interesting. Now, okay, I'm going to throw it out to everybody there. Your thoughts and comments about phase one. Love it? Too soon? Or no way? Charlotte. Okay. It was interesting because yesterday um, we do peer support for peer supporters, and it's an online Zoom call that takes uh, – there's people from all over North America on the call as far as away from Alaska down into the States and, and across Canada. And the anxiety level in Manitoba with the peer supporters just elevated a little bit because all of a sudden it's like, oh my goodness, you know, what does this actually mean? And that's what the response back for the people that they support are. And we were just encouraging them to do what's comfortable for them in that situation. Um, you know, it's, uh, and really having conversations with their supervisors about what that will look like because there is that fear that you are still going to catch it and bring it home and, and give it to your elderly parents or, you know, that, that goes right into their head, you know, a million times. And, and we talked a lot about still doing the protocols in place, but just being really, really careful. Um, 
but and and just sitting with it because yesterday was a shock um and now it's like okay what does that mean and and i i was guilty of i had a hair appointment in like may 20th and then yeah. my first text in the morning was hey can you get me in sooner because like i'm like ah and the text i got back from my hairstylist was i am overwhelmed i have been bombarded um I'll do my best. And I just, and then I felt I just added to her stress level too, because you know, she's got a hundred of me that yeah. mean the world to her. And you know, and she's exactly what Aileen said. I can't fit you in. I don't know what to do. Like, like all that swirl. And, and then, you know, I felt bad that I, you know, I added to her, her stress. So. <laughs> well, and, and Karen too, I mean, your husband has a big company, um, you too so he's going to he's still going to the office as you mentioned too but you know once you know all if you know if all of his staff come back and he goes to work and what are your feelings now too because you both of you well you've been in, in isolation well I can't say I've been in isolation but I've certainly been um physical distancing myself yeah. from um, the crowds, but um, yeah, Rick has been going to work. Um, you know, they're they're in manufacturing, so they're an essential service. Um, and I think, you know, I I just I I I'm very hopeful about uh, phase one. Um, I I think that I I personally think it's time. I think that as a province, we've done so well in comparison to other provinces and other countries you know, in Europe. And um, I just feel so blessed that I live in Manitoba right now. Mm -hmm. um, I think we had, we've had 270 cases altogether. And that's, that's to me is, is amazing. Now, having said that, I, I do believe we're going to have a second wave. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I mean, that, that's a whole other discussion as well, but I, 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 I can't see us not having a second wave. And so I think we need to be very careful how we how we um, you know and I think they've done I think the government's done a really good job of phasing it in um, and uh, but in terms of our our business nothing's really changed you know all the staff have continued to come their physical distancing and um, they, they we've even been checked we've had we had um, some inspectors come to make sure that everything everyone was following the rules and and they were so that's all been good um, so it that, that won't change um, but, uh, I will say one other thing, my son's having a baby on, on May 20th well, or due to have a baby on May 20th. And he just called me last night cause I didn't think I would have access to this baby for, you know, maybe a month or after the baby was born. And he told me that he, they want me to be around when they get home from the hospital. I won't be able to go to the hospital to meet the baby, but they want me to be around. So that means I need to isolate from my parents after he, the baby's born. So you know, I'm really, really willing to do that because I didn't think I was going to have access right away. And, and they, they decided they want me to have access. So I'm really excited about that. <laughs> oh, well, that, well, well, that's going to be so, so amazing. Well, and um, Penny, I uh, just uh, want to chat with you now because uh, on Monday, the WAG can open. And Henny is on that. She's a co-chair with uh, Ainsley Cockshot with the uh, developmental community uh, for the WAG. So have you heard of any plans on how the gallery you know, I haven't heard yet of what they plan to do, but I mean, just the physical presence of the building in terms of crowds and isolation, it's a very 
easy place for re-entry into whatever normal life is going to look like. You can go in and kind of be on your own in the gallery in the best of times. So, I mean, it's um, in terms of mental health and emotional stability, art, I mean, the research is coming in, you know, all the time now about how important it is. And hopefully this is a good time for people to realize, you know, we can go there. It's a, it's a, it's an okay place to go. And um, I, I was excited to see that Monday was one of the dates, uh, one of the times that uh, the gallery was on the list. I know it's so surprising because we just all had that big meeting and talking about things. So that's all done and, <laughs> and you know, I know. switching I know. gears. I mean, it, yeah, it, it, there's so many, I guess, questions and I'm even spilling on what Charlotte said with her hairstylist, um, a whole new added angst. And, uh, you know, maybe, uh, Gina, yourself as a veterinarian, I know you, you, it's your job to help animals and, and to be there on the front lines um, and having these restrictions. But now, as you see it kind of unfold, will you have a little bit more trepidation or, you know, you know, in that contact, right, with people when they bring you their animal? Like, I guess there will be a new protocol for you too, right? Yeah, so... Um the protocols have changed uh, quickly in the last six weeks. So, um, you know, our door is locked. Um, people need to call. Uh, we health screen people before the door is opened. You know, if they're uh, picking up medication or picking up food, we just leave it outside for them. Um, only two people are allowed in the clinic reception area. And so we, like Aileen said, like we, we very quickly and effectively slowed things down within probably three to four days. And now that we anticipate the restrictions are going to lift, I feel that it's going to be a balance between um, staff sort of um, feeling safe because uh, we, we are an essential service, um, but our staff have to feel safe being at work as well. And so that will determine how quickly we open things up. Um, and also um, the social distancing at work because we, we only have 50% of our staff at work right now. And so opening services up again, we need to do it slowly because there is always, we're, we're backlogged now, you know, we, the clinic provides uh, spay and neuter services for low-income clients in the city um, and also spay and neuter for our adoption pets and so we have a, a long list of, of things that need to be done and trying to figure out how to slowly get that scheduled and opened up again I'm not gonna lie is, is causing quite a bit of stress uh, for me <laughs> probably other people too um, but I think it's important to keep in mind that we 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 have the power to do that. I mean, we, we shut down quickly. We know what's essential. We know what's not essential. And uh, we, will, we will get to everything, but a slower start is going to be easier on the staff and easier, um, I think, to evaluate how we're doing than, than a faster start. So I'm anticipating that uh, we, will, we will be slowly opening up over the next three months or so. The other thing that it really influences the clinic is that 
Um, I mean, the MVMA can tell us that we can start providing spay and neuter services, but if we can't get surgery gloves or we can't get surgery masks, it doesn't matter. And so the, the, the medical supplies uh, is still very unpredictable at this point. And, uh, and, and we just have to wait and see once our hospitals are stocked up and once they're comfortable and doing well, then those supplies will be redirected back to veterinary medicine. And I, and I don't really know when that's going to happen. Wow. That's uh, definitely something to consider. Um, and look, not only about staff, but next week is volunteer week. And I really want to, we're going to have some special shows or a special guests on that. But I mean, Aileen, um, that volunteers, I mean, that's the heart and soul for the Humane Society. What is that going to look like? I mean, not only staff, being worried, but also now, I mean, volunteers, right? I mean, I'm just kind of talking, thinking out loud, like all the summer festivals, you know, you think of the Folk Fest and Fringe and then Folkorama, how many hundreds of volunteers, right? And we're all together kind of thing. Not maybe the case so for the Humane Society, but I guess now there's going to have to be screenings, right? Restrictions? Well, yeah, it, you know, it, it makes me, I, I can't recall who was, I, was it Karen or Kirsten or Henny? I'm not sure which one of you said about our, our mental health and well-being. And uh, volunteers choose to volunteer because it helps keep yeah. their life happy and balanced. And that's part of their well-being. And we certainly, um, we have over 700 volunteers. I'm not sure if everyone is aware of that. We have a about a seven to eight uh, ratio of um, there's every there's seven volunteers for every one staff so with over a hundred volunteer positions we usually have uh, anywhere from 50 to over a hundred volunteers on site helping us in different ways uh, daily and and they um, um, their volunteering brings meaning and purpose to their life whether they're still working or not it's something that really fulfills the soul so yeah, when you think of people for the Fringe Festival, they've had many volunteers vol um, with them for 10, 15, 20 years. And all of a sudden this, you know, Folk Fest or the Fringe Fest that they no longer can participate in that, yes, we're very blessed that we're going to have better weather and what have you. But those are things that almost like fill our love bank or fill our, you know, appreciation or devotion quotient. And so I feel bad for, for, for our incredible, Winnipeg and never mind our province have a very active community with our, with our charitable groups. And this is very disruptive to them. And we certainly know we, we uh, surveyed our volunteers and we received back, I was surprised actually, over 80% of ours are, they said they're feeling safe with what their shifts would be with the protocols that we've put into place. Um, the sad reality is we just can't use them in the plentitude that we have because it's unsafe. We can't socially distance them on site. Um, so we're still trying to figure that out and it's really darn tricky, but yeah. um, very, we're very aware of how that plugs into their overall well-being. Well, that's so interesting. Um, maybe, uh, you know, back to Charlotte too, might be something that we can talk about too, also is filling that void that Aileen mentioned and uh it's one thing that we're all sad that these things are canceled but what does that mean for the mental well-being for a lot of people 
Charlie. You know, it's so many of the people that Kristen and I support um, or know um, go to the Humane Society just for that piece where they volunteer or they just go get that animal fixed because it's a part of their, their mental, mental health or their, you know, mental wellness. Um, you know, I was just thinking about, you know, all the volunteers, you know, like Aileen was mentioning, but also all the people who've, you know, lost their jobs recently um, due to the fact that their, their organization has lost donors. And uh, uh, right now, um, Schizophrenia Society of Manitoba is hiring peer workers. So the influx of applicants that we, you know, that MSS is going processing right now for to fill just an small number of positions but these are amazing people who've lost their jobs from covid that are applying for this job so uh um looking at how to get creative and in supporting all these new people who have so much to offer our community who now don't have a job too so it's um again we you know we talk a lot about staying connected um to you know our friends and family who may be struggling a little bit um you know what aileen was saying that those volunteers they may be doing it for their self-care so you know reaching out to them um saying hey what are you you're doing for robin and and me um we go get our animal fix at the dog park so we do we we conduct socially distance from each other <laughs> chat about business and i get my puppy fix as i see everybody with their their puppies um, just wanted to touch on one other thing too is is one of my hesita hesitations of adopting a, another puppy or a dog right now is um, I truly think that there's going to be an influx of more dogs coming back to adoption for a, new, a number of reasons one back to work and the reality that I can't care for this dog because I'm never home um, that's a conversation we have in our family and my daughter's in her last year My youngest is in her last year of living with me finishing her degree and then her plan is to go away for her her next degree um, And so that leaves two of us to, to look after you know if we had two dogs and, and how does that look? Um, I travel a lot with my job um, And the other is the cost out. I mean the cost for caring for a dog is is really high um, you know the grooming, the the vet bills, and uh, and if you're now on a limited budget, you you know I'm really pleased that you know Aileen and Gina talked about the services that they have, but you know the, like the reality is you know to groom your dog is like seventy dollars now. That's like a lot of groceries you can buy for your family, and and uh, you know I I don't know. So I'm gonna hold off and uh, on adopting and see what comes down the pike and for a couple of reasons. One, to, we'll yeah. see. No, it's, uh, sometimes the, the reality is a little harder pill to swallow, but you know, at the end of the day, everybody has their own story. I'm just, uh, I'm gonna come to Nanette, cause I wanna see if, uh, you know, the two Dr. Phil's here can get your cats together. But I had a, a question for uh, Gina. So Karen is, Karen's gonna have a, a new grandbaby. Do you know if it's a boy or a girl, Karen, or no? No. Okay. So she's going to have a new grandbaby. Um, how soon or when she has a dog. We know that dogs can carry, uh, not that the baby's going to be. So like what kind of close contact can the dog have or Karen have with her, with the baby, say she's babysitting or is there a worry? So, the only, the only, like, this is all within Karen's family. So people that I know she stayed so socially distanced from, but as we open up, then 
then your son and, and the baby are going to be part of your small core group, you know, as we slowly kind of open up again. So I would say that, um, I personally wouldn't worry about the dog unless Karen is uh, self-isolating for some reason, actually infected, has had recent travel history or had contact with somebody who was positive. If she's healthy, she's been healthy the whole time, she's beating the baby. Um, you know, there's other things about introducing a dog to a baby just to make sure that um, the dog is respectful and gentle and all those things. But I wouldn't, in terms of COVID, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about her own personal dog meeting the baby. Okay. Sorry. I, you know, I was just thinking out loud, but uh, you know, cause you're mentioning, cause you know what, if they go to dog parks or whatever like that. And I mean, there are right. different exposures, but not necessary for Karen, but for anybody that has in that position, but uh, no, that's good to know. So yeah, we de- yeah. Sorry. We, we definitely um, still strongly, strongly, strongly believe that, that the pet to human interactions are much, much, much safer in terms of COVID than human to human interactions. So if I was to make an argument, I would say, well, maybe it's even safer for the dog to meet the baby than you, you know the next door neighbor or something. Yeah. 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 No, that's very true. <laughs> okay. So what should we do with uh, Cora and uh, and what was the net? Your two cats, Cora, Cora and, and Mittens. Mittens and Cora. Mittens and Cora. <laughs> so like they're like in separate rooms, like what? And and Cora's the bully. No. Uh, well, Mittens started off being the bully. Did oh. not like having this little kitten in the uh, in her home, and. Um, uh, like uh, Cora was a rescue mittens okay. came from humane society. Not that that really factors anything in that all all of that, but um, uh, yeah, they uh, and, and now after it's been about five years, five six years, Cora has grown and she's bigger than mittens. <laughs> it's uh, it's almost like payback time. It's it, you know it's um, there's a lot of. Uh, um, issues and drama, but you know they they tend to to give each other a wide berth. Um, yeah. Prefers my son, Cora yeah. prefers my daughter. Yeah. And but Mittens has always had some sort of weirdness about her, <laughs> and so you know cats have their own personality. I'd say as far as cats are concerned, like the whole cat thing, uh, Cora is a little bit more normal cat. Okay. Um, okay. My daughter actually had has a uh, like she's able to carry her around. Mittens just does not want to be touched. She's just not, you know. No. Unless it's my uh, son or my husband. <laughs> um, but uh, Cora's like, hey, I'm your buddy. I'm your pal. Let's let's hang out. So, yeah, there's a very di- very different dynamic going on between them. Um, when it's warmer outside, we we let. Uh, mittens out on a leash a very very long leash so she's in in the backyard and she's you know so she stays within our the confines of our of our yard yeah Um, but it's her time away from Cora yeah (laughs) so she appreciates that um she loves mittens really enjoys the fact that we're home yeah because we kind of protect her from Cora's occasional (laughs) surprise greetings (laughs) so um so yeah, it's a little it's a little crazy, yeah. but um, I think they found a way to coexist somehow. 
Well, um, I, I think you, you guys, the humans, the family, the family, the mayor family have adapted to these two. I think so, yes. <laughs> so, I think that's more like it. So, I think um, you're right. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and just uh, wrapping up, Aileen, I guess, uh, what is, I guess, the number one or most important thing right now uh, for the public, for us, either to help or be aware of in regards to the Humane Society and to the animals? My goodness, it's <laughs> with the number one. I, 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 you know what? There's it, this has just been such a lovely opportunity to hear from all of you today. Uh, I think number one, I'm just going to go back to something that Charlotte said, which I really appreciate her saying. We're not adopting right now for these reasons, and 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 I and I wish that yeah, Gina's nodding. If more people put that level of consideration into their choices, we would have much less demand on our on our shelters and rescues. Um, not completely, but that is a big part of it. People don't consider those pieces. Uh, and that is one reason why I am very grateful to, um, for the process that we have. And, and other, other rescues have different processes, but people can acquire animals off of Kijiji in a heartbeat. If they're gonna come here and take the time and then reconsider and go, oh, you know what? Yeah, I see that resource on your website and that you're talking about that says, how much is it to afford a dog or that's the vet bills or that's the the food costs or you know just the different things that charlotte was listing off a hundred percent it is it's not cheap and it's also it's a life and it should be considered forever uh, and we know that's not always the case but that is something that at least when we get the opportunity to have that conversation with somebody here that at least we can put that conversation forward um, whereas if people are just picking up from a backyard breeder or off of Kijiji that's not necessarily the thinking the thought process that goes into it so I'm glad that there's so many there's us and other reputable organizations that you can have that healthy conversation and really consider if this is the time or not wow. oh one, one last thing what's gonna happen to your ball the... oh uh, yeah. so we have, <laughs> uh, you know what we, well two things are there's our pause in motion which is pause the huge celebration for pets in Winnipeg that takes place at Assiniboine Park typically yes. but we know we know as a community that all permits were pulled um, up until the end of June so pause in motion which is our celebration for, for, for pets in our pet loving community in Winnipeg whether you have or do not have a pet um that is going virtual and we're then we're so that's our first and foremost because that big event is coming up at the end of june mm -hmm. but we we know that badwell ball has to change we just we haven't spent the time that's needed because again so much is changing every week so uh that i have no answer for you right now tracy but to say we're thinking that's about it <laughs> Well, yeah, and please um, send me the details then on that virtual uh, pause in motion. That's a great idea. I was just thinking everybody just go out with your dog and walk in your neighborhood. And well, that's what we're saying, basically. Yeah, you know, wear a little badge or something. Yeah, pledge to do something. It could be yoga on your back deck. It could be uh, playing in the front yard with the tennis ball. It could be playing with the football with your family that you love pets, but you, you're a foster family. You're not a a pet guardian per se. There's lots of ways that people celebrate pets in our community. 
Does um does anybody want to say anything to follow up on that? Tracy, yeah. I have one comment. Yeah. I, I'm from the, I'm from the volunteer sector, and I'm listening to everybody. And I didn't realize there's as many volunteers at the Humane Society. But with the folk festival canceled, the fringe festival canceled, Rainbow Stage, there are an excess of people who look forward to volunteering. So I'm thinking what Charlotte was saying. Here's these people who volunteer because first of all, every organization and event needs volunteers to function, but they're doing it because it makes them feel good. So coming up, you know, in the next couple of months, what are we going to do with all these people that typically say, sure, I'll help. There's got to be places to get them engaged. I don't know the answer, but I'm just thinking we have an excess of people that really need to, to help. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think we're going to solve that question next week because next week is volunteer week. So I want all of you to kind of, you know, think of that special person. And I know Charlotte and, and Kirsten, I mean, that's how you started is volunteering. And Karen, you're an endless supporter. And, um, you know, and, uh, you know, I think I, w I would really like to put forth and shine a light on all of those other volunteers, right, that won't be having their big event to feel a part of. And then, you know, maybe we can get them interested in, a, in another in another way, shape, or form. But um, so on Tuesday, the question is, how did you, how did you spend your so-called last weekend of, I guess, lockdown? <laughs> and uh, you you'll had Monday to experience all of these reopenings. Where did you go, or did you go anywhere, or were you thinking always? <laughs> oh, Karen's going. Oh, <laughs> oh. I, yeah, I, I, I'm thinking I would like to have a hairstylist on. So if you've got a hairstylist that would like to, uh, do you? Yeah, Kirsten, do you have one? My daughter, my oldest daughter, Julia, does the hair at Salon Talk. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Have her on on Tuesday, okay? Because I will, you know what, if she's not working. Oh, she's not working. Um, yeah. If she's yeah. not working, I will have her on. I was listening to the hairdresser talk. And um, I'm hearing from Julia. Julia is so stressed right now because yeah. all of her clients want to get in today yeah. or yeah. Monday, including yeah. her mother. So <laughs> yeah, um, and it's it's a like she's really stressed out. So um, be kind to your hairdresser, you guys. Oh, I know. And Aileen, oh, I guess you had to put uh, Corona Novella down, but oh my goodness, she's so cute. Uh, and I was going to say, so retail stores. Are open so what does retail stores mean like well Kirsten will you be able to go to Marshall's <laughs> in home sense well you know that that's my that's my on my wish list and uh, my youngest daughter uh, would like to go out and wander around that's kind of part of my self-care it sounds silly yeah. but you know petting blankets and smelling candles is... uh, you won't be able to do that no I have a bit of an in with someone who works at home sense who's gonna let me know when they have it confirmed when they're hope open okay we will yeah. see. Oh, well, that'd be interesting. But I don't think shopping malls are, though, right? Uh, it said retail stores. Karen, can you comment on what that meant? Or what do you think? It said, just said retail stores open. It, said, re it said retail, yeah. Yeah. So, so I would imagine, like, the mall, all the malls will open. and. Oh, you do? Okay. Oh. I, I think so. It was Retail was in phase one. Yeah. So that's interesting. Because they're going to then limit the number of people going in. Like They will, yeah. They will. They'll limit it, and and um, there's a whole there's a whole pr there's a whole protocol. Oh. Um, hand sanitizer, and you know it's 
Okay, so then, um, because I'm, I'm organizing, because we'll, also it's Mother's Day next weekend too. So Tuesday we'll be talking about volunteers and yes, Henny, you raised a great point, Aileen too, and just finding out on how, you know, what, what we can do. And then Thursday we'll be sharing mom's stories because, you know, honoring mothers, because we are the glue. We are the people that make everything work and everything like that. We multitask and we're the winners and, and everything like that. So I really enjoy, um, you know, hearing and sharing all of your best mom stories. And I'm so excited for you, Karen, to be a first grandma. You know, that's going to be amazing, you know, in all of this. So um, lots of positives that we can all take. But it'll be interesting after this weekend. Next week will be phase two of the new norm, right, Charlotte? <laughs> You'll be, you and Kristen will be replanning all of your, <laughs> your workshops and everything because there'll be a whole new ball of angst, I think. And uh, yeah, so stay safe for this last weekend. And oh, I love that puppy. Kevin's gonna, oh, no. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for coming today. Thank you, Dr. Gina. It's been great having you. And really it was, uh, you know, it's a real eye opener into your position and what you have to do because you are a frontline worker and animals look, animals need your care, so. We salute you too, and thank you, Aileen. You know, we'll continue to support the Humane Society as much as we can in every way, shape, or form, okay? So feel free, you both of you, to join in any time. And I'd uh, like to know more on your summer camps and what you decide, because okay. there'll be a lot of parents, as you all are aware of, that want some place to send their kids. <laughs> all right, so stay safe, take care of your pets. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Have a great Thank day. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye. 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 Nice. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of iLikeQ.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. Just remember, anyone can be a Cash Kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast. That's right. Find us at thecashkidpodcast.com or listen in on places like Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Spotify, or YouTube. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the crier 
Media Network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.